my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8. Good morning. We are in our third week of our series that we're calling Worship Playlist, and this is where we take songs that we sing on Sunday morning and dissect them, break them down, and talk about why we sing what we sing. And today we are talking about Champion, which happens to be one of my favorite worship songs that we sing because it is so rich in theology and Bible. And Champion was written by Dante Bow, who leads Maverick City Worship in collaboration with Brandon Lake and the leaders at Bethel Music. And in an interview, Dante said the inspiration for Champion came from a conversation with friends about identity and what the Father has done for us and our awareness of that. And I think that there's something that every single person in this room can relate to at some point or another, and that is our doubt and insecurity when it comes to the part that we play in God's ultimate plan. Like the doubt that we carry, that we believe that God could really use us. And maybe you have thought some of these things when God is calling you out of your comfort zone and calling you into the next big thing in your life that he has planned for you. Maybe you've thought some of these things. I'm not holy enough to say yes to that. I don't know enough. My life is too much of a mess. I wouldn't know how or have the words. How about this? God wouldn't use me. Have you ever thought some of these things? And the words in this song, it tends to focus more on what God can do through us because of Jesus. But the lyrics are different in this song than many other worship songs that we sing because it often starts with us and then it comes back around to Jesus. But a lot of the worship songs that we sing today are all about God. Thank you, God, for doing this. You are the way maker. You provide. You are everything, God. And it's all about God, which is awesome. But I think the words in this song were written very intentionally. Because we struggle with understanding that God has called us. God uses us in miraculous, wonderful ways. And he has given us the power to do these things. So in the verse that I I read a moment ago, there's a phrase that sticks out. And it should be something that we constantly are reminding ourselves. It says, you will receive power. When will we receive it? When we have it all put together? When we have everything lined out in our life? No, it says we will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Back in June, Daniel did a message on the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. And if you missed it, I think you need to go back and listen. You can check it out on our podcast at Connect Calgary. But in a one-sentence recap, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit right here, right now, dwelling in you. It's not something that you're waiting to come upon you. You have it. If you have put your faith and trust that Jesus 2,000 years ago came, walked on this earth as the Son of God, lived a perfect, holy, sinless life, then sacrificed that life on the cross, 
died and was buried. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. He actually resurrected and came back to life. If you have put your faith and trust in that, then you have the Holy Spirit living in you, residing and dwelling in you right here, right now, today. And with the Holy Spirit comes power, power to do things that were impossible before God came into our life. And the problem is we don't even bother with it or try and understand that God could use us like that because we don't believe that God would use us. See, what we say or think about ourselves has an impact on our lives, especially our spiritual life. And what better words to sing than you are my champion. That is Christ-centered and Christ-focused. Giants fall where you stand. That is Christ-focused and faith-building. But what about the lyric, you crown me with confidence? I mean, that's pretty bold. How does he crown us with confidence? Let's look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one can boast, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Grace meaning it is completely unearned, God-given assistance, and without it, we wouldn't have it. Faith. Faith isn't something that we can do to earn God's grace. You can't earn God's grace. It is something that he freely gives to us. And faith in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Basically, that means faith is something that we cannot see or fully comprehend. By grace, through faith, we receive salvation. What is salvation? It is the rescue from a fate that we otherwise would have had. So what was our fate before God? Complete and utter separation from God. Because God is perfect. God is holy. And we were born with a sinful nature. We make mistakes, every single one of us. Because God is holy and perfect, we can't have a relationship with him without some kind of solution. And that's when Jesus came in and lived a perfect, sinless, holy life so that he could be the sacrifice for us so we didn't have to be separated from God. And if you remember what it was like when you were separated from God, then you can remember that it is a very dark and lonely existence. So with God's assistance, we have grace, and we have been saved from a life and eternity without, without God because of our faith in Jesus Christ. This is how we have our confidence, church. Confidence in Jesus opens doors for God to do the miraculous. Confidence in Jesus reminds us that there is daily power from the Holy Spirit that God can use. Confidence in Jesus turns our self-doubt into impossible works. 
And you might be thinking today that there is no way that God could ever use you, but I am here today to tell you that you are wrong. You are 100% wrong because all throughout scripture, we see God using and calling forward people from nothing and nowhere backgrounds, prostitutes and scammers, fishermen and people with average everyday jobs, teenagers and old men and women, business owners and people who have absolutely nothing. He looks at us and says, follow me. Be confident in this Connect Church. You will be his witness to the ends of the earth. You are called to live a life that is so confident in Christ that it, it shakes up the people from their mundane life that are all around you. It's not just you, but all of the people that are around you are transformed by the Holy Spirit and the power that resides in you. Now I'm going to invite the band back as we sing the words of the second verse. And I want you to focus on the confidence that Jesus gives us. trespasses and sins in which you once lived following the course of this world following the ruler of the power of air that's speaking about Satan the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient all of us once lived among them in our passions of our flesh following the desires of flesh and senses and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else but God who is rich in mercy out of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. And this lyric in this song that says, let all striving cease, I think that this is something very relevant to our Western culture that we live in today, because we're constantly striving for something, am I right? We're striving for more wealth, status, education, influence, 
But this is not how the kingdom of God operates. The most precious gift we have is salvation. And it isn't gained by our efforts. We receive it from our champion, Jesus Christ, who paid for it with his life. And he gives it as a free gift. And what a great reminder of our reality that there is no need for striving in God's presence. Come on. We already have it all. And he gives us our victory over life and death. And he has given us everything. And that means that he deserves everything in return. Our whole heart, our whole life. There's a quote by David Platt who wrote the book Radical. And it says this. Radical obedience to Christ is not easy, not comfort, not health, not wealth, and not prosperity in this world. Radical obedience to Christ risks losing all these things, but in the end, such risk finds its reward in Christ, and he is more than enough for us. Our victory, like the lyrics in this song say, is that Jesus is more than enough for us. We can get caught up and chasing the flow of life, chasing things that are going to try and make us happy. But Jesus instead says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And basically that means we're going to give up chasing all these other things and we're going to be focused on reaching people for Christ. We're going to be focused on reaching people who don't know who Jesus is, who hasn't, haven't experienced life overflowing yet. That is such a greater purpose than chasing after something that might make me happy today but it doesn't make me happy tomorrow. And I'm never more excited or proud to see than when I see the people of Connect Church rallying together and making selfless acts of faith. And it looks different for everybody, but it's when we are called out of our comfort zone. And I promise you, the biggest things that God can do in and through you are going to make you really uncomfortable. And maybe it looks a little something like this. Maybe your first step is just stepping out of your comfort zone and praying out loud with your family for the first time. Maybe, maybe that's your next step. Or maybe it's saying no to that dream that you had so you can say yes to furthering the gospel. I'm going to say no to becoming a zoologist and studying in the Ver in University of Alaska so I can go to seminary and study the word of God and preach. Now, this is not my story, but it is Daniel's story, and this actually happened. He had an, an entry ticket into the University of Alaska, but you know what? I'm going to let him tell you that someday. That's not my story to tell. Maybe it's sacrificing that financial bonus that was going to take you on that dream vacation, and instead you give it away so that you can reach people who don't know Jesus, and maybe it's moving to a different province, a different country even, so that you can reach people who don't know him. Our confidence in Jesus gives us strength to walk through the uncomfortable. Whatever your uncomfortable is, I just ask that you lean into it. Don't dismiss it because you don't think God could really use you or you don't know enough. Dive in and learn what you don't know. Believe that you have a calling and a purpose on your life that is so much more than making money or buying bigger and better stuff. And I promise you, this life is way more fulfilling. I'm going to invite the band back as we sing the bridge of this song.
dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. Yet more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets, laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he came by. A great number of people who would also gather from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. There's a strange and unknown quality about God's healing, why he heals some and not others, who he uses to heal, and, and how he does it. And the healing of Peter's shadow is one of those instances for me. And the lyrics of this bridge of this song might be words that you actually struggle with singing the most. And I think sometimes we sing the lyrics of this song as a reminder of what God can do through us. But if we really believe that God does do it, 
On a daily basis, God does do it. When we sing words like, when I lift my voice and shout in the name of Jesus, walls and barriers fall down. If we really believe that, then I think there would be revival happening right now in the city of Calgary. In Alberta, across every single city, there would be miracles breaking out. If we truly believed that when we open up our mouths, miracles are coming out. If we believe that in faith, God would be doing miraculous things all over. And after Jesus ascended into heaven, the church began, and the apostles were the first leaders of that church. And a part, a part of what happened in these early days of the church is that massive amounts of miracles were happening. And something that I love about scripture, especially these verses that I just read for you, is that it sets the tone and example for how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to lead our church. Miracles are for today. Healing in Jesus' name happens today. It's not just something that happened in the Bible. It's not something that could happen. It's something that does happen every single day in Jesus' name. God gives us the power to do these things. And we've talked about how God empowers us and everyone who believes. And he gives us the confidence that we need. And then we talked about how God takes us out of our comfort zone into the uncomfortable, and that's when he does the biggest things in our lives. But now I want to talk to you about how faith is needed to accomplish his plan. Last month, Daniel and I went on a pretty epic trip to Europe. I mean, literally, the uh, cruise ship that we went on was called Epic. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. And um, we had a really great time. It was my birthday trip, and, and we had been putting it off since the beginning of COVID. And so I'm really glad that we got to go away. But something on our way home happened that I can only explain to you as God's intervention in our life. So we're on our way home from Rome to Calgary on WestJet's Dreamliner. Have any of you been on the Dreamliner before? You guys, this is like WestJet's Rolls Royce of an airplane. It has 320 seats on it. It's huge. And then the economy seats feel a little bit like first class, like they're bigger, and they give you a bottle of water and a blanket and a TV, and it's awesome. I, I love it. And so anytime we get to fly on the Dreamliner, I also know that it's like a straight shot. So there's no... Uh, layovers. It's amazing. So here we are in our Dreamliner, and we like to kind of work the system a little bit. So I'll book the window seat, and he books the aisle seat, and we're hoping that we leave this middle seat empty, and then we get the whole row. It's, it's greedy. I know. I know. And it was totally working for us up until the last five minutes of boarding. And then lo and behold, we see walking down the aisle, Pastor Anthony Greco from Calgary Life Church. And so this is a picture of us. And lo and behold, here he is. And he walks up to us and he's like, you guys won't believe this, but I'm in your middle seat. <laughs> And so Pastor Anthony isn't just a pastor in Calgary. He is also one of the overseers here at Connect Church. And that means that he is pastor to your pastors. He checks in on us. He asks us how our marriage is doing, how's our spiritual life. And when we have things that we're going through and we need wisdom, and we're like, how do we handle the situation or this choice that we need to make? He offers us his wisdom as well and his counsel. And so here he is sitting in our middle seat. And I have to tell you, this is God 
God. This is divine intervention, you guys, because he told us he doesn't even fly WestJet. It's just random that he was on the plane in the first place. So here he is sitting in our middle seat out of 320 seats. And he said, I forgot to schedule my seat. So it was random selection. How crazy is that? And so we're sitting there. And, you know, we could have taken the first 20 minutes and caught up about our vacations and whatnot. And then we could have put our headphones on and watched our TV screens and watched our movies. But we chose that in this moment, God had intervened. And we were going to lean into whatever he had for us right here and now. So for the next 10 hours, I'm not exaggerating, 10 hours, I mean, Pastor Anthony lost his voice because we were talking so much. We were talking about scripture and theology and what God was doing in our churches and the struggles and the celebrations. But I believe that God had for me personally in that moment was to build my faith. Because he told us a story about how he he ended up in Rome, but he started in Tanzania speaking at a crusade. And every single night that he was there, at least 30 people were coming up to him and receiving instant healing. Healing from being blind and walking away, being able to see. Healing because they were deaf, and then they could all of a sudden hear. And it wasn't just that he's telling us this, and and this happened, and maybe it was fake because they just wanted a show. It wasn't like that at all. There were people who were coming up afterwards and saying, look, this is my school report, saying when I was a child, I was blind. And then he started telling us about previous trips he had taken, where hundreds and even thousands of people were healed. And I was like, man, my faith feels like this big right now. Because I was thinking about the verse in in Mark 9 where it says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I don't know what it is. I like to think that I have a lot of faith. I mean, I believe in crazy faith for things that make our staff and our financial directors raise their eyebrows. I do. And I don't understand why I can believe for such crazy things for our church and for my own personal life, but then these in-the-moment miracles where God can just heal you right there, and it happens, and it's visible, and it's right there like it is in the Bible. I don't know why I personally struggle with that. So I started to dive into my own personal doubts and why this was happening. And you know what I discovered? It was actually sinful. It was pride. Because maybe I thought that if I could pray over somebody and I start to pray believing for the miracle to happen right here, right now, and then it didn't happen, that makes me look bad. Like I don't know what I'm doing. Or maybe I'm going to discredit God. If I start praying that miracle and believing for it and then it doesn't happen, I'm going to discredit God and give God a bad name. (laughs) Let me tell you, God doesn't need my faith to be seen and known. And it's not in my power to prove that God is real, that Jesus heals and that miracles happen today. God reveals himself when and how he chooses, and I can't make miracles happen. But I do know that every single miracle that happens will point back to Jesus and give glory to God. And sometimes we're asking for something that's a bit selfish, Or maybe it's something that's a shortcut to what God is actually trying to do in the moment. And there's a lot of reasons why God might say no right there in that moment. 
But today, I'm not focused on telling you why no's happen. I'm trying to get you to focus that God has given us the power through the Holy Spirit for a yes. And he gives us the power for a yes every single day. And our confidence in Jesus builds up other people's faith. This is why I believe that it's all throughout the Bible examples of people stepping out in faith, and then we see miracles, and then other people's faith and the church is built. And I think that this is how people's faith is built today also. It's not just for in the Bible, but today when miracles happen, when crazy faith, crazy things happen, our faith is built. I mean, we have personally experienced this. I've seen this happen in my own life, miraculous things that I cannot explain. And if you've been here at Connect Church long enough, you have experienced miraculous power through the Holy Spirit that we cannot explain. And it has built our faith as a church. And all throughout scripture, we see these examples of miracles happening when faith is displayed. Miracles happen when there is a partnership in faith. And maybe it's you and somebody else, and you come together believing in Jesus' name, and then the miracle happens. Or maybe it's an entire church body that comes together, and we partner in faith together, and then a miracle happens. And this is why we have the crazy faith wall right outside this door over here. And I hope that you have written what you're believing for. But also, when God provides this miracle, I hope that you cross it off so that you are building someone else's faith. They're seeing what God has provided for you, and that builds us all up because we are still praying for miracles that are happening every single day on that wall. And this partnership in faith leads to a miracle that helps open the eyes to people who need faith. So let's look at some scripture examples to better understand what I'm talking about. In Acts 14, 8 through 10, it says, Now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. This is a partnership in faith between the crippled man and Paul. And they come together, and a miracle happens in Jesus' name. In Matthew 9, it says, Some men brought to Jesus a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. He said to the paralyzed man, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. This is a partnership in faith between the men who believed and brought the paralyzed man to Jesus and Jesus, knowing that if he provided this miracle, it was going to build the faith of the people that watched the miracle happen. Listen to this one. This one really blows my mind. Acts 19. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. This is a partnership in faith from Paul and the people who heard the gospel and believed, believed so much that they believed even a handkerchief that came from Paul in his faith that would go heal somebody else. This is crazy faith, you guys. Was it Paul's doing? No. It was God intervening and receiving all the glory for the miracle events that were happening. 
So how do we see miracles happen today in our everyday life? I believe number one, we have to start by paying attention to the everyday miracles that are already happening in our lives. Things are happening all around us, interventions from God, and when you notice them, it's going to build up your faith. So don't be so distracted that you don't even see it. I mean, it's the simple things that we overlook, and maybe you need to start writing these down. Maybe you made a mistake at work, God intervened, and you still have a job. That's a miracle. You were invited to church for the first time, and you found life overflowing and transformation in Jesus. Come on, that is a miracle. You missed that car accident by one minute. That is a miracle that God provided. Your spouse gave you more forgiveness than you deserve. Hello. Thank you, Jesus. That is a miracle. And the list keeps going every single day. Thank you, God, for these miracles that you have given us. We have got to be so in tune that we see these things. And then when we can see what God is doing every single day in our life, Number two, we believe that we have been given the power to speak miracles over every situation in Jesus' name. The lyrics in the song say, when I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. I have the authority that Jesus has given me. But if you never attempt to speak a miracle, it is not going to happen. It is a huge and uncomfortable risk to step out in faith and to speak life and resurrection over the people who need it. But I promise you, in Jesus' name, nothing is more rewarding. 